What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Way Too Clutch Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Crawford. We talk about everything from faith, family, fitness, mindset. And today we have another amazing episode. And this one is really and truthfully for my fellows out there and uh, for, you know, it can help women as well. Uh, and I do know, like, when we start talking about those things, we start talking about, um, man, relationship this and men and women, like, there's this whole... I'm tired of that conversation type of dynamic, right? People who, everybody with a microphone is talking about, you know, trying to figure out men uh, versus trying to figure out women. And um, one of the things that I've discovered uh, has been, we're not in competition, right? Men and women, we have to stop uh, acting like we are in competition, but we more so have to start realizing that we get to operate as our best selves, and when we operate as our best selves and within our truth, we tend to be better uh, for the significant others. And um, here I sit in 2024, and I am at a super interesting point in my life to where I've learned some very, very key and valuable lessons. For me, 2023, if I had to summarize it, is confronting right? Very, very confronting. And it was about time. For me, I believe it was about time that I got confronted with uh, a lot of the things that I got confronted with. And uh, one of the amazing um, things that I I can kind of sit back and realize now is that I can really truthfully say that I am ready to be a husband. I am ready to be you know, a father and raise a son. I mean, I have twins. You see, you know, I have my babies here uh, beside me every podcast. But I was telling my friend, I don't believe that, you know, I have a son or had a son because I needed to become a certain kind of man first to raise a man the right way. And that is the premise of this podcast today. This episode today is so that people can understand that there are multiple ways to look at men these days. If you are a guy and you're looking for the lessons, then this episode is for you. And if you're a woman and you're looking to understand why, you know, certain men act like how they do and certain men don't have the proper qualities, uh, I'm here to share with you a couple of things, right? So as we sit in 2024, men that are my age, I'm mid-30s, so men my age, uh, more often than not, have or are learning how to be men, and I'm just going to be personal, let me just be personal today so I don't beat around the bush, Um, I learned the most amazing things from my ex-girlfriend, and one of the things that I'm super grateful for is that she was able to teach me so so many lessons and that's what we're going to talk about today is the lessons that I learned on how to be a man because one of my friends Sarah she uh, had a episode with a guy and one of the things that she shared was how how she she loved the fact that she likes older men 
And the reason why she likes older men was because she, in her words, she said that they would have been taught by a woman how to be a man. And it's very triggering, right? It can be triggering to say that women are supposed to teach men how to be men. And here is where I actually agree with her. And I think one of we, what we have to do is stop putting everybody in the same category. Because when it comes to men and women, I believe there are two different kind of categories. I believe that there are men who care, men who don't care. There are women who care and women who don't care, right? And when I say that they care or don't care, there are actually men out there who desire to be a great partner, but they don't know how, right? And then there's men who don't care and they just, you know, they just, the ain't shit kind of people. Like we get that. But you were talking about this other category of men. And we, that's, this is where we get to have a level of like honesty, discernment. Like if you have a good guy who just does not know how to be a man, you got to either say, I'm willing to be the lessons for him. Or, hey, look, I just so happen to be a lesson by walking away. And one of the honest things about myself is that I was a really, really good guy who had no idea how to be a good partner, a good husband, a good boyfriend, all of the things, right? And I didn't know because this is the reality. The reality is man was made. And if you read the Bible, this is not my personal opinion, but man was made to rule and govern the land. That was what Adam was made for. Adam needed a partner. So Eve was made for Adam. Eve wasn't made for the world. She was made because Adam needed a partner. So by default, you can assess that women were made and naturally know how to be partners because that's what they were made for. Men have to learn it because we weren't made for a woman. We weren't made for partnership. We were made to rule and govern the land that God gave us. And that translates into today. A woman knows exactly by tapping into her nature how to be a partner. She her her default is submissiveness. And it's only that because she was made to be a helpmate, a partner, a nurturer. Now, when it comes to men, if we desire to be a good partner, we have to learn those lessons. It's a learned behavior. We know, we naturally know how to be what what like hunters, gatherers, providers. We know how to do those things. Like we know how to go out and get it. You know, that's in our nature is to be aggressive, to be, you know, to be men. If we default to our nature, like that's what it is to be rulers, to be conquerors, you know, to be leaders. Like that's in our DNA, not to be lovers, right? Now, if you desire to be, and you're a, one of the guys who has, like I said, the guy who cares, then there's a certain set of, uh, things that gets to happen in your life. There's one or two things that happen. Either you learn from the lessons in your life, meaning you had an older brother, you had two parent households where your dad really cared for your mom, uh, you know, or you had uncles around you, or you had mentors that you could at least be able to see how to move as a man inside of a relationship. And if you're fortunate enough to have that, you will get an opportunity to learn a lot of the lessons before you get to the woman. The other side of it, for a lot of us men, we have to learn through getting our hearts broken by women. And that's what Sarah was talking about. She says most men who she dates, 
they would have already had their heart broken and they don't want to do it again. So as I sit here today, like I've had my heart broken and I don't want to do it again. Right. And unfortunately for me, I am one of those guys who didn't get the lessons in life on how to be a man inside of a relationship. I knew how to be a man survival mode, but I didn't know how to be a man inside of a relationship. I didn't know how to be a leader uh, or none of those things. And I didn't know it. You don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know it that you need to know it. And so uh, I got to a point to where I had realized that I had a ton of failed relationships, right? And I was trying to figure out why. And after this last one, it really broke me. And the reason it broke me was because I actually really was like, this is it for me. Now, I'm going to tell you guys the truth. There are so many people out there that say, it doesn't take a man four to five years to know that he wants a woman. It doesn't take a man forever to know that he wants to marry a woman. You're right. It doesn't take a man four to five years to know. You know immediately. But that's only half the battle because, yes, I know that I want you to be my wife, but do I know how to show up as a husband? We don't talk about that other side. We're sitting here figuring out why it's taking this man five years to propose. Okay, yes, let him have proposed and he still doesn't know how to be a man. He knows he has chosen you. But he has not figured out how to be a husband and a partner yet. And that's the reality for a lot of us. I could have proposed and still been showing up the same way. And it would have been one of those, well, it was no reason to get married. If you aren't walking into the purpose of being ready for a relationship and being ready to be a husband, right? So one of the... uh, the, the things that I did once that relationship ended and it tore me up was I started to research, uh, man, everything, how to be a husband and characteristics of a husband and all of these things. I'm like, why can't I figure this out? And I came across a video. I think his name is Tony Evans on YouTube. And he had a short little seven minute video on uh, the principles on being a kingdom man. Right. And that prompted my algorithm to kind of change on Instagram and YouTube. <clears throat> and um, I ended up coming across this video that talked about why divorce is so high and it struck a nerve. And he said that divorce is so high because people are trying to have creation without their creator. And he goes on to explain that the first place that we see relationship, the first place that we see a covenant is in the Bible. You know, he, I mean, Adam and Eve, they're made for each other, but then there's, you know, the, the, the marriage and the union and the, the covenant, as they explain it, is, it's, uh, it's expressed to us in the Bible. So it is from God. God is, commands us to, to be one and to be fruitful, right? And so people are trying to take God out of relationships you know, when it, it used to be kind of corny or weird or cliche to say, put God first, right? We didn't really know what that meant. But truth is, if you're looking for answers on how to put God first in your relationship, how to put God first in your stewardship, you get to go to the Bible and there actually is the wisdom is there for you. I started with the book of Proverbs. But before I got to the book of Proverbs, you guys, uh, I watched a very informative video from, his, his, I think his name is Ivan. He has an hour-long video on YouTube, and it changed my life forever. And that's the premise of this video. It is the five characteristics of a 
kingdom or a biblical husband. And after I watched that video, I tell you, I cried for three months. Like no exaggeration every day, at least one to three times a day, replaying that in my mind because there's nothing worse than somebody giving you the test over and over and over again. And instead of you going to get the answers, you're just trying to figure it out on your own. You're inside of your masculine, you're inside of your ego, you're inside of, you know, your inability to be a student, right? You gotta have, if you're like me, a, a do it all, or I gotta have all the answers, I gotta be Mr. Right all the time, then you're gonna miss the opportunity to be a student. And so me listening to that, it felt like I was taking all the tests and I kept getting it wrong. And then my teacher, you know, ex-girlfriend, the teacher decides to not let you take the test anymore. And then as soon as they like remove the access of being able to take the test and they walk away, it's like, oh, then I finally get the correct answers because I finally decided to study. And once you study, you realize you weren't that far off. You were just looking left when you're supposed to be looking right. And you finally understand that it was just a simple switch, uh, you know, a uh, 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 switch that you had to turn on. Like, so you're ready to flip the switch and you just happen to flip the switch and there's nobody waiting for you there anymore because you chose too late. And that was the part that beat me up was because, you know, once I started to, to dive into these characteristics, it was kind of like, bro. It could have all been so simple, but then again, there's always purpose and reason behind. So what I have is these five points, right? And if you're a man that's listening, or if you're, even if you're a woman, like send this to, or sit down and listen to this next part with your significant other. And I think this can save a lot of relationships and this can educate a lot of men. And the reason why I say a lot of men need it is let's be honest here. I'm 36 years old, right? And I grew up in a time to where in middle school, uh, it was a running joke to have the little black kids in the room not have a dad at home because he was either dead or in jail or, you know, drugs got him. And for me, unfortunately, I was a product of that. Like I didn't have my dad. I've seen my dad maybe twice in my life. And my mom had pretty much all sisters uh, and we moved around a lot and she was in two uh, like pretty much abusive relationship. So I had never in my entire life seen a woman get treated the right way by a man. And I didn't have anybody to sit me down and teach me. I did an etiquette class when I was in uh, middle school and it taught me like, but it taught me things like, uh, you know, which side of the sidewalk to walk on. I've always been that. I've always taught my daughters that and like how to eat at a dinner table. But there was never a man that was like, you know, put priority and put perspective in front of me. So it was, it was bound to hit me in the face, right? Because I didn't get those lessons. And some of my friends, you know, thank God they had, they're married now, but they, they had dads around or they had uncles around or they had, they, they were stable enough. So the community helped them. Like I didn't, I moved every four or five years when I was younger. So it was the inability to have that community around me. And then as soon as, um, as soon as I got to, what was it, college or graduated high school, I left for college and I went to an HBCU. So my whole first 20 some years of my life, I'm not around men who are good men to women. So I don't see it. 
So I don't learn it. And if I don't learn it, I can't regurgitate it. I'm a good ass person who does not know how to be a good ass partner, a good ass uh, companion, a good ass whatever it is. Like I just, I'm just not that, right? And so dealing with this video, it really shocked me into submissiveness into it kind of like I was ready to be a student the moment that he started talking and the key points uh inside of this are to help those men who just so happen to not have mentors in their life and so that you don't get to that woman and you have and you have to get your heart broken by somebody you fall in love with because she got to teach you how to do these things and she might not stick around chances are she won't and so the, the five char characteristics that I've learned, right? Number one is a husband is a leader. And when I use the word husband, look at it as partner. Look at it as significant other, whatever it is you want to consider it. But um, a husband is a leader, meaning he's proactive. And I'm going to give you scenarios that are very personal to me that The only reason I'm choosing to do it is because it makes it relatable to you so I can give you examples. And so in this in this example, you know, and, and it will be some hypothetical situations. And let's just say that as a man, I need to be leading my family to church. Uh, I should be leading my family. And, you know, it, all the things that we don't do as men anymore or as families anymore, like sitting down at the dinner table and talking about our day and everybody putting their phone devices up or deciding that my kids aren't playing sports on Sundays because we're going to church or actually leading my family to church, leading my partner to therapy. It's like you can't be passive as a man. And I was very passive. I was kind of like, well, whatever you want to do, I'll just do it. And as a man, women are waiting. As a man, women are waiting on us to make the decisions, not aggressively, but assertively. assertively. Say it again. As a man, women are waiting on us to make the decisions assertively, not aggressively and not passively. And as we. As society would have it right now, and I hate using that terminology, but society right now has men just kind of on eggshells because they don't really know what to do. They kind of feel like being a leader is telling somebody what to do, and it's not necessarily that. A leader is just, the key word is proactive. If your family needs to go to church because y'all need to get closer, it's like, hey, look, we are going to church on Sundays. Hey, we need date night. So look, every Tuesday we're having a date night. Women love that. Mind you, I'm saying this hindsight now because I didn't know this before. So if you don't know this, no problem. And keep in mind, this message is really only for men who are ready to be partners. If you don't care, you can. You probably ain't even made it this far. <laughs> but if you do care, then pull up a seat and listen because I hopefully I helped save somebody's relationship today. Right? First thing you got to learn how to do is be a leader. Lead your family. Because she's waiting. Most women default to wanting to be led. Right? At the end of the day, no matter how much she's hustling, she's going to get to a point to where she's like, I don't want to do it no more. I want to. That soft era word is is pop, it's a trigger word now, right? It's a pop culture word. It's a hot word, hot button word, as they call it, right? Being in their soft girl. But most women are finding out that they don't want to be that independent woman that Beyonce told us about. They want to be a 
taken care of so that they can take care of. Right? A lot of women are realizing that, hey, man, uh, it, it ain't sweet being the breadwinner and having to hustle. Like, I want to be a wife. I want to be soft. I want to take care. I want to get taken care of so that I can take care of my family. So people are realizing that. And men have to start being proactive. Right. The second thing is the second characteristic is labor. And this will seem to be a very easy one as we know how to work and we know how to go get it. But me, I'm giving you my own personal example. I was willing to do any and everything that she asked. But it was how I, you know what your mama say? It ain't what you say it's how you say it. It was how I did it. Right. It's called labor of love. Doing something because. You want to, and because your partner wants you to, not just doing it because you know you have to. And I was doing things because I I had to do it, and I knew that I had to do it, but it wasn't like I would never let you have to go figure it out. The worst thing that a man inside of a relationship can experience is your significant other not looking at you as her solution, Right? Going to ask her dad or going to ask her brother uh, or going to ask a cousin for help when you're there. Like, it will kill you off if you're sitting at home and your girl tells you that she's her dad is on his way to help her get an oil change. It's like, what the hell? And it ain't her fault. It's our job to make our significant other comfortable enough to say that we want to do it. And I'm going to tell y'all what she told me. She told me that she says, my dad, you know, even though he lives 45 minutes away, it's like when I ask you to do something for me, I feel like I got to I gotta ask you in a nice way or you're going to get upset. You'll do it, but I, but it's like pulling teeth. You don't look like, you don't act like you want to do it. My dad may work a full-time job and live 45 minutes away, but he prioritizes my happiness and my safety and he won't, it won't upset him to have to do this for me. He'll do it if he doesn't have any energy or any money. So I feel more comfortable asking my dad because I know that he wants to do it for me. Not that he has to do it for me. That is such a shot to ego because most men, what is the, the, the love does not brag, love doesn't boast. And one of the things that I had fall victim to in myself was letting my labor of love be boastful. I pay for everything. I had no problem paying for rent and for trips, hotels. I pay for everything. But I also let her know about it sometimes. Not often. I wasn't throwing it in her face, you know, like that. But I would bring it up. Like, I pay for everything. Yeah, okay. Well, if I ask you to go get me something, and I don't want to ask you. I want to go do it myself because of the face that you make when I ask. Or you'll throw it in my face and make it seem like it's it's uh, it's a huge inconvenience to you. That's the word. Like if you're laboring and you're making your partner feel like it's an inconvenience, she's not going to ask you. She's not going to trust you. You have to. We have to make our partners feel safe and secure. So the word that I have for here is submissiveness. We have to submit to being laborers for our family. And we have to do it with love. We have to labor with love. 
Third point, learning your partner. Now, as a guy, one of the things that we can easily do is become a teacher and point the finger and say, this is how it should go. This is right. And that be it. And one of the things that we are instructed to do, and, and when I say instructed, it's like, I'm talking biblically instructed to learn our partners and, and what we can modernize it and say is, well, let's learn what our partner doesn't like so that we don't do it. Or let's learn what she does like so that we do do it. This is love language. This all this learning is learning your partner's love language and being willing to speak to their love language. Are you a student of your partner? And this is the, this goes for men and women. If you actually cared for your partner, forget what society says, learn your partner because it's you and them, not you and the world. So if you're choosing to learn your partner, it does not matter how weird it is because you do care for them, man. You may not care to be a, a, a acts of service kind of person. You might not care about gifts or you may care about gifts. You might not care so much about quality time as you do physical touch. But that's not what it's about. I implore you to read the five love languages a couple of times over. And here's what I'll tell you about the five love languages. My third time through what I realized about the five love languages is like women and men love all five. We would appreciate all five. But what you have to learn is which one of those will your partner in the case, in this case, we'll talk about, you know, our significant other. What will they be most upset at not receiving? That is their primary love language. That's how you know. I, I don't really know many women who don't like gifts, who don't like quality time, who don't like physical touch, who don't like to be affirmed because women need to be affirmed and they don't like acts of service. You're just doing things on your own. I don't know many women who don't like all five of those things, but I do know that there's one of those things that sticks out that's going to bother them if they didn't get it. That's how you know what your partner's love language is. So learning your partner being a student, not being a teacher all the time. And this is what I realized that I was doing. I had realized that all I was doing was projecting onto her. I was projecting what I felt like was right. I was projecting um, all of my lessons and making her feel like she didn't have any value. And this is the one thing that it's a, it's a cheat code. It's a hack. The cheat code and the hack is does your partner feel value? Do they feel like they can add value to the relationship? The last thing you want is a woman, it's ain't the 1920s. Like we don't want women who don't feel like they have any value and don't, your their opinion isn't like, it happened to me all the time. She's like, I feel like I just couldn't, I wasn't good enough. I didn't, I couldn't add value. And that's my fault as a man, taking responsibility, right? Point number four, learning. Because number three, so point number four is love. And this one, it was tricky because I thought, and this one is tough. This one is tough because I, just like many people, we have a, a feeling inside of us and we think that that's love. And the hardest thing that I had to admit was that I was in love, but I didn't actually love her. Not because I didn't want to. Because see, here's the thing that I learned and that we get to be honest is that love is an action item. Love is a command. Love is a command directly from God. To love 
and, and he gives us the command to love women as, you know, as he loved the church. And we know God loved the church. He instructs us men to love women like he loved the church. He also gave us a lot of commandments as well to not yell. This is, these are some characteristics of love, right? Being you, you get to be the person who brings your relationship back to its soft, right? Women are emotional by nature and it's your job to be a calm man. Have you ever heard women who were just like, they knew that they had a different kind of guy because of how calm he was when things got rough. And when you yelled at him and when you put your hands on him, maybe he was the one that didn't respond with aggression because he knows that men aren't aggressive. It literally tells us that men don't yell at their wives. That's a sin. It's a sin to be aggressive. It's a sin to be, to put our hands on our wife. We're protectors, right? We are supposed to protect the women in our lives. And we're not just talking about significant others. We're talking about sisters, mothers, you know, aunts. We are protectors as men. And it it definitely goes for our significant others. Like we don't put our hands on them. We don't be it's literally, it literally says that it is a sin to raise your voice to your partner. And it kind of seemed silly to me at, at a particular point in time to where I realized that, wait, a, a woman who is going to operate highly in her feminine is because she feels safe and secure in her relationship. And she only feels safe and secure if a man has proven that he is in control of himself, his emotions. He's not aggressive. He makes you feel loved, desired, and he calms you down. He cares about your happiness. And these things are actionable items. Love is not a feeling. And so what I had to realize is that I didn't love her because I did raise my voice. Not a lot. She'll probably tell you that I never did, to be honest. Like, but when we broke up or we were at the end of our relationship, like it was that. There was some aggressiveness that I was not proud of. I did raise my voice once. Like I probably raised my voice once inside of our relationship, like completely out of pocket. But also, like, there's other things that I wasn't doing. If I'm not Leading, that's a love action item. If I'm not laboring from love and being submissive, that is an, if I'm not willing to learn, I'm, these are actionable items and things that I should be doing. If I'm not doing them, I'm proving that I don't love my partner. No matter what I say, I can tell her all day that I love her. And I felt like I did. And I have a huge, and most people have a huge sense of love inside of them. But understand Open your Bible and go read about what love is. You'll find out that love is in your actions. So you don't need to. I didn't. There's no need. You can just go back and look at everything that I did. You know, if if you cheat on your partner, there's no love there. If you put your hands on your partner, there's no love there. If you act like you know, uh, you, you know, you're you're better than your partner. If there's this competition, like that's not. There's no love there. And the last thing is loyalty. Now, what's crazy is women will stay if a guy doesn't have all four of these things. If a guy doesn't know how to properly lead, uh, if he hasn't quite, even if he's figured out how to labor for the family or trying to get it together, um, if he's trying to learn how to learn you, 
you know, that's a therapy thing. And if he's trying to figure out how to love you the right way, you know, to teach me how to love, like if he's trying to, if he's trying to do all those things and has it figured out, but he's loyal to you, then you will know that eventually it'll get together and all these things will, will come to pass. But when you have removed loyalty from the equation, a woman no longer feels safe. And she doesn't feel like she can trust you. And if a woman doesn't feel safe and feel like she can trust you, she has no use for you. And this is one of those vital 80-20 conversations, right? Because what we learn is that at most you'll get 80% of what you need inside of a relationship. We learn it from Tyler Perry movies. All the podcasts in the world now will tell you that you're going to get at most 80% of what you desire inside of companionship and how you handle not getting the other 20 is really going to be either the the downfall or the breakthrough inside of your relationship and unfortunately most men the 20% is our downfall and what do I mean by the 20% like your girl does a bunch of different things for you but she just doesn't happen to cook very well or she just doesn't happen to you know, do certain things that you would like to do naturally, right? And it's like, well, she does all of this stuff over here. She just so happens to not be good at X, Y, and Z. I can deal with that. If you're a I can deal with that kind of person because you know what the 80% is, then you're more likely to have a successful relationship than somebody who complains about not getting the 20%. And I didn't complain about not getting the 20%, but what I did was, I allow myself to think too much about the 20% and about why or was she even making an attempt. And this was one of the things that drove my relationship into the ground was because, um, man, here's a huge thing, you guys. Intention. One of the greatest things that I've learned from one of my friends was that when you get inside of a situation with somebody, no matter what it is, if intention is unknown, abuse is inevitable. And if intention isn't present, you'll accept anything. And the reason why that is dangerous is because if you're a man walking into a situation with a woman and you don't know what your intentions are, you'll have no direction. Lack of intention is lack of direction. And lack of direction is lack of, you know, any sort of progress or success. And sometimes you'll get lucky and you'll get somebody who has the same, you know, setup as you as far as, okay, I don't know what I want, but I'm here to figure it out. But sometimes you get a woman who's ready to be a wife. And if you're not walking into that situation with the intentions on being a husband, that is when you get your heart broken. And for me, like I walked into a situation, you guys, with a girl who was ready to be a wife. And I was dating and I didn't know what, what I wanted. And she asked me for years what I wanted. And I was like, what do you mean? I want you. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. And it took me getting to this point to realize that it was like, what are your intentions with me? Right. Because most women just want you to be honest with them. Hey, are you just trying to sleep with me? Are you just trying to have a good time or are you trying to be a husband? And usually when you see people, 
like you see two people get together, right? And you know one of them and they're used to having failed relationships, right? And then all of a sudden they get in this relationship and they're married in seven months and a kid in a year. And they're just so happy and you haven't seen any sort of regression. How does that happen? Well, because you have a man who walked into the relationship healed and ready to be a husband. You have a woman who walked into that relationship healed and she's ready to be uh, a wife. And then guess what? They're equally yoked. That's what the equally yoked conversation is. It don't take forever when you're equally yoked. Go back to the conversation of it don't take a man forever. Like it doesn't take you forever to know. After six months, I knew that I that I could see myself marrying her, that she could be my wife. But the problem is I didn't know how to be a husband and I didn't walk in with the intentions on being a husband. I'm dating because I just like her. Most of the time we date people because of attraction, right? And this new coined phrase of intentional dating is very, very important because if you walk into a situation with a woman who is ready to be a, husband, a wife or a walk into a situation with a, a guy who's ready to be a husband and you're not ready to be said husband or wife to them, somebody's getting hurt unless you guys have that conversation from the beginning hey what are your intentions and if they don't have an answer for you shoot that's a red flag that you probably shouldn't avoid i was a red flag that probably should have been avoided but i'm grateful that i wasn't because i would have never gotten to this point but if your partner asks you what are your intentions for this relationship and if they don't know then they'll accept anything. And so for me, I walked into a, a relationship and I didn't have any clear intentions. She was ready to be a wife. So from day one, she's doing all these things that somebody who's trying to be a wife would do. And I thought it was weird. Like, take it slow. Like, we need to grow and can we just take our time? Now, if I would have ready to be ready to be a husband, guess what, what I would have done? I would have embraced it. I would have loved it. And I would have reciprocated with husband-like energy. Meaning we probably would have been married just on that same six months to 12, six to 12 months. I probably would be celebrating two, three years in marriage right now. But guess what? When intention is not known, abuse is inevitable. So I abused the fact that I had somebody who was ready to be a wife abused it and eventually after time and time and time of not getting what you want you eventually don't want it anymore and so once you get pushed to the point of not wanting to naturally be a wife meanwhile this other person it eventually figures out that he wants you to be you know his wife it's like we start here and then we both we end up switching places and she mentioned that a bunch of times she's like for all these years like i wanted to be this to you and you didn't want it and now i don't know if i want it and now you want it it's like we switch places that is just like heartbreaking right and so for me what i allowed to happen uh because i couldn't identify that i just thought she just didn't want to be a wife anymore and i started to complain about the things that she wasn't doing right i started to complain about you know, all these little nitpicking things and, you know, these wifely roles that I wanted her to do. And I didn't, in my mind, it didn't even register that she had walked into the relationship doing those things. And I kind of pushed her away. I made her feel silly. I made her feel stupid. I made her feel foolish for doing those things too early. In my mind, they were too early. And 
it got to a point to where I started to let, you know, those souls, uh, what's the page spiritual world, Justin, the boy, uh, it's a little drip, like all these little pages that got this really weird relationship advice. I started to let what these people were saying, what do you bring to the table? What value do you have? I'm the prize. Uh, you know, and it, and you know what it became, you know what I created? I created, a a culture of competition. Most men right now are creating cultures of competition inside of their relationship, feeling like they got to compete. And it might even not even just be men, but I'm just going to speak for myself. I created a culture of competition instead of a culture of complimenting. We were supposed to compliment our partners. Instead, we feel like we got to compete with each other nowadays. It's like, bro, we're not enemies. We are like allies. We're tackling this thing of life together. It isn't about a prize. You guys win a prize by having a great relationship. It ain't about who's bringing stuff to the table. It's about how can we both make sure our table is good. I'm doing my job as a man. You do your job as a woman. We're great. But here I am letting the the social get to me. And I started asking those questions. And when you start asking those questions, guess what you stop doing? You stop being loyal. Because guess what I'm looking for now? The 20%. And this is what they say. You know, they talk about the, the letting snakes in your garden. And you let snakes in your garden when you, because you, you're guarding, that's your 80%. That's your woman. Or that's your man, however you're looking at this. And you win by tending to your garden, keeping your 80% looking real nice, you know, catering to that 80%. But what I did was I, instead of catering to my 80%, which I got a great 80%, I started to go look over the fence and try to find the 20. Whenever things weren't working good over here, I'm going to look over here for the 20%. Man, this girl cooks for her man all the time. This woman loves a clean house and will never let, like, I'm all of these things that may not be happening over here, I'm starting to compare. And when I start to compare, I start to be less and less loyal in my relationship. Mind you, it's not like I'm going out sleeping with people because that's not what it is. It's the emotional connection that you allow to happen with people, which is, which, you know, for some women, it's way worse. It's like you're creating a life, you know, a fantasy escape from reality instead of fixing your reality. So if I'm always, you ever seen the game Ready Player One? Everybody started to live outside of their reality. And they weren't even taking care of, like they were in rundown shacks. But inside of their, their, their fake reality, their virtual world, they were rich and they had all these things. They were exactly who they wanted to be. And they wasn't taking, a, taking care of what was happening in real life. And so <clears throat> that happens to a lot of us. You know, we, we get on social media and that fools us by giving us access to so many people. We will be operating inside of, hey, I got options. You know, I got options. And truth is, man, we are allowing people who we don't have access to to influence our our actions. We are allowing uh, some people who we will never meet in our life and we will never be in their situation to influence our actions. And I realized that I started to let a lot of those things come out of my mouth. Also, the people who I was hanging around with, you know, weren't necessarily 
people who desire to be in a relationship or be husbands or whatever. And so I'm allowing what they're saying to me about how I'm the prize and she should be lucky to have me. Now I'm acting like that. And because I'm acting like that, she's pushed, she's getting pushed away. And because she's getting pushed away, I'm now looking at that 20% instead of fixing. And guess what happens? I look over the fence so long that I don't realize how damaged I've allowed my own 80% garden to be. And there's, it's the grass and got high and I've let snakes in. And if you let snakes in your garden, right, eventually you're going to get bit. And that's what happened. Right. I, instead of me fixing my garden, I allowed snakes in my garden and I got bit and it was not worth it. Like the, the small things, right? The conversations, the likes, the DMs, like the stuff that just isn't worth it because you don't, you knew that in any given day, if you had a choice, you would not go to the 20% because it's temporary satisfactions, but you're leaning into temporary satisfactions instead of fixing your relationship. And once you lose a woman's loyalty, you pretty much, it's game over, player. Like, it's game over once a woman does not trust you anymore and she doesn't think that you're loyal. Unless you're married, that's probably game over for relationships. And for me, that's, it was, you know, <laughs> it's crazy because she, she did end up saying, like, if we were married, we would go to counseling, which is another thing, right? Like, I didn't even lead us in that area. She's asking for us to go to counseling, and I'm just choosing to say, nah. Or I'm choosing to say, yeah, okay, if you want to go, book it. <laughs> Instead of saying, okay, well, you think we need counseling? I'm going to set it up. Like, that's what a leader does. So as I sit here today, I have these characteristics that I know are vitally important, right? Uh, a real man, and or, or let's, let's not even say that. A man who is ready to be a partner will learn how to be a leader, will learn how to labor with love, will learn how to learn their partner, will learn how to properly love their partner through their actions, and they will learn how to be loyal because they will pay attention to their own guard and their own 80% because they will be focusing on you know, the grass being green is where they water it. Not looking over the fence for that 20%. And so if you're if you're a man and you're you're following these principles, these principles are what God teaches us to be great partners. That's the wisdom. And I was upset that I didn't get this before, which I feel like it could have saved my relationship. But God did something to me, and I don't know what it is yet. But he allowed myself to be completely broken down and pruned to where I ran back to him and he gave me this. And he gave me this and I'm giving it away to anybody out there who feels like they want to be a good man. They want to be better. They don't know why they're having intrusive thoughts. They don't know why they're lusting. They don't know why their partner isn't respecting them. And we have the answers. God gave us the wisdom already. We just got to stop. Not, look, hey, you want the answers? Go to the teacher. Stop trying to figure it out on our own. I talked about that in week one. Week one was the downfall of man is not realizing we need to seek counsel. And the word of God gives us the instructions on how to be good men. 
And reading the book of Proverbs after I learned all of these things changed my life. Because the book of Proverbs, if you read it, it refers to women as, or it refers to wisdom as her. Meaning how God sees women as wisdom. And men as leaders. And one of the scenes in a movie that people refer to when they talk about this is 300. When Leonidas is about to kick the guy in the tunnel and he looks over at his wife. And he looks over at his wife and she all she does is she makes the decision and he executes. That is the culmination of a solid companionship. Give me the head nod and I'm going to execute. We can sit down and we can brainstorm, but I have to realize that you possess a certain level of spiritual wisdom that I never will because it wasn't by design. I I possess a certain set of skills and this is why I'm saying we're, we got to be partners. We're not enemies. You have a certain set of skills. I have a certain set of skills. I'm going to operate inside of my masculine because I'm, I was made to be who I was made to be as a man. You were made to be how you were made to be as a woman. And we get to bring that together and we get to whoop some ass in this world. We get to prove that love still wins if you are understanding to stay in your own lane as a man or stay in your lane as a woman and just be as great, good as you can at that. So... It is my humble opinion that it is not soft or sensitive to be a leader, to be proactive. It's not soft or sensitive to be submissive to your relationship. I think this word submissiveness, we look at it as it's a feminine thing, but a man has to be submissive inside of his relationship to his family. I have to be submissive to laboring for my family because they need it. In return, what I'm going to get is a woman who's submissive to taking care of me. But we don't get people who are taking care of us if we aren't submissive first. Men have to do a lot of these things first. We were made first. I saw a video, broke my heart. Dude was like, you know, you show me no energy, I don't show you no energy. You stop talking to me, I stop talking to you. You stop showing up for me, I stop showing up for you. You don't call, I don't call. You don't text, I don't text. It's like, no, nah, bro, like, we don't follow women. That's not how it works. That is that passive-aggressive nature. What we are supposed to do is, one, take accountability for our placement. We, as men, have to take accountability. We always want to deflect and default to what she... Look, I don't... Look, it's not my responsibility to make a woman be a woman. My responsibility is to be the best man that I can and then have a level of discernment when it comes to choosing my partner so that I can not have to worry about them being inside of their feminine and being a woman. But we also have to know something as men. This is very key. Being a masculine man triggers and sets off a feminine woman. Remember, we were here first. And with us being here first, if we are set up properly inside of our relationship 
to be men first. A woman has almost no choice. By nature, she just falls right into who she's supposed to be. And you guys have a beautiful covenant. Don't let this world confuse you. This isn't a, you know, you're not as important as me. It's like, no, I have responsibilities to God as being a man. Just how you as a woman have responsibilities to God on how to be a woman. If we live inside of those principles, we're going to be just fine because we're not stepping on each other's toes. It's not that you're not important or I'm not important. We are both equally important with different responsibilities. We have different roles. This is the relationship and marriage is a job. We have different roles inside of that. We don't have the same role. So, look, if you desire to have a successful relationship, you follow these five principles. And don't give in to what the world is telling us is right, telling us is wrong. And then you end up heartbroken trying to figure out where the pieces fell apart. We as humans were made for each other, right? We're, we're made to, to, to bond together. You, if you realize God made twos of things, right? He made male, female for a reason. When he created the world, he made the star and the moon, right? Or <laughs> when God, the star being the sun. So if you understand astrology, right? So God made stars and the moon and God also made land and sea, God made day and night, and he kept it going with making man and woman, male, female species. Like, he made male, female animals before he made uh, actual male and female. So, um, an important thing to remember you guys, as we wrap this thing up and we start a, an amazing year, it's like there's power in a covenant. God wants us to be together because he realized that's when we get to operate in our higher self. We're not designed to be alone. We are not designed to be by ourselves. We are not designed to, to thug it out. We're not designed for that. We are designed to bounce off of one another, be supportive of one another, have your partner, be a companion. That's what we were made for. We have uh, a certain set of skills as a man and as a woman, and they all, they work best when together. So we have to be humble enough to say, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's about, am I following God? Because if I'm a man and I have to be a leader, I get to follow the word of God and I get to encourage you to do the same as a woman. And if we keep God first, this is why that the, the cliche, right? Uh, the standard, if you keep God first in your relationship, you'll always have the instructions. But I understand why now it's because God gave us the blueprint to a successful partnership. He gave us the blueprint for everything. To be honest, he gave us the blueprint to be a good man, to be a good woman, to be good partners. He gave us the blueprint to be good. Samaritans. He gave us the blueprint to be of service. He gave us the blueprint for everything, how to love properly. Like we all have, it. if you crack open your Bible and you ask the right questions, everything is written already. We just got to follow. So look, you guys, this has been 
uh, the most personal that I probably ever will get on this podcast. Probably not. But this has been the Way Too Clutch Podcast. Again, I am your host, Stephen Crawford, ready to deliver all things faith, family, and fitness. Make sure you follow on all the platforms. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, and, and we're just ready to add value back to this world. And um, I look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. Peace. Yeah.